On today's episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with Big Flip and Steel Roden, it is a juicy look into Tuesday's 11-game DFS and big-time bets board, but also with the trade deadline one week away, we're taking a look at three teams that must make a deadline addition. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on out there, hockey heads? And welcome back to your favorite and hottest podcast. It is the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with Flip and Steel. Welcome back to episode number 34 of the reboot of this show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. You know where to find us across all platforms. You find your favorite content. Thank you so much for the daily support. Today's episode is sponsored by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low, price, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's episode, Hockey Heads, you can expect a jam-packed episode that Steele and I are fired up for. We are one week from the trade deadline, so we are taking a deep look at a couple of these teams, Steele, that almost need to make a deadline addition. You know at the end of the show we have you covered with big-time bets and our locks of the night. This is a juicy, juicy, jam-packed 11-game board, Steele. I got all kinds of picks. I hope you got all kinds of DFS targets. Oh, Let's yeah. get right into it, my friend. Trade deadline, seven days away and counting. Some teams are going to be on the button here for making a big move to really make sure that their push down the stretch is one that can make something happen here. Yeah, a lot of playoff teams looking to for some additions heading into the playoffs. We're going to talk about three major teams that really need some help in some key areas uh, along along their roster. So mm-hmm. the first team we have to talk about, I, you know, it's not even up for debate. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. They definitely need to make an addition to their team before the de- the trade deadline. I think a lot of people, you know, there can be some debate whether it should be a defenseman or a goalie right now. I'm going. They need a goalie right now. It's very, very. It's been very scary to watch what's happened since the beginning of January with with both Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Jack Campbell's out to injury right now, so Peter Mrazek's taking the rein. He's looked pretty bad every single every single time he stepped in the crease as well. So. Flip, let's talk about some of the goalies on the trade block right now. We've got, we've got Alexander Gorgiev, Braden Holpe, Jonas Corposalo, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Ilya Samsonov. Those are the five goalies on the trade block. And for me, my two my two goalies that I would consider the Leafs should target are Braden Holpe and Jonas Corposalo. I don't think mm-hmm. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be dealt. He's made it very clear he wants to stay in Chicago. And I don't think Gorgiev and Samsonov would be a great backup addition. So I'm leaning towards Holpe and Corposalo for the Leafs to target at the trade deadline. Look, at the end of the day here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, they are in a pretty uh, a pretty sticky spot, especially now with Austin Matthews being dealt a two-game suspension for his cross-check on Rasmus Dahlin. I know it's only two games, but I really do think that this next stretch of three or four games is truly going to define how the rest of the season goes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you really said it, Steele. Peter Morazic has not looked comfortable I think overall his track record over his career, he's not playing up to what we thought he could be. Don't get me wrong. I don't think his days of being a number one starter, I think those are behind him. 
but he just does not look comfortable. He's swimming all over the ice. And I think at the end of the day, Steele, like I was about to say, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to ride with Jack Campbell for now. That's their number one option when he is healthy. But with that said, it's clear Mrazek cannot be the second option if something were to happen. And I think you're right. I think Braden Holtby, to me, that's the guy you go after. The price for Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be far, far too yeah. high if it's even a possibility. So I think you really nailed it there. They got to look down that chart a little bit. But I think Braden Holtby is a guy that could be a serviceable backup for Jack Campbell. Because look, whether you like it or not as a Leafs fan, it's Jack Campbell's number one job, maybe by de facto, but that's who they're going to have to go with, Steele. Yeah, and just looking at the way the last three months have kind of played out for the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, there's been some very unlucky bounces towards towards Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Uh, but the puck the puck control has been absolutely terrible. They're mm -hmm. not getting tight to their posts. They're letting in soft goals. Look, Jack Campbell might have been dealing with this injury for a while and, you know, didn't really want to say anything until now, until it really started nagging on him. Mm -hmm. And and Peter Mrazek, before these before the season started, I really liked this tandem going into the season, but he's looked awful every single time. For you know, majority of the time he stepped in the crease and he just he gets injured a lot. So I don't really have a lot of faith in Peter Mrazek to step up to the plate right now and kind of hold down the fort for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the crease. I think I actually think Braden Holpe is the best, the best choice, the best target for the Leafs to go after in before the trade deadline. He's 10, 10, and one on the season, yeah. a 913 save percentage. He's won, he's won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. He's a veteran goalie. He's a guy you can you can rely on if things don't go well down the stretch for Jack Campbell. I think it's just at this point, you know, Mrazek can't get it done. If anything happens to Campbell, if you have to pull Campbell for even a half a game and you're still kind of hoping that your backup can salvage something, that's not Peter Mrazek right now, unfortunately yeah. for the Leafs. And it's almost become a glaring need. I think you're right in a real, you know, in a pretty world, they would add a D man or two. But I think because of what's happened in their blue paint over the past couple of weeks, the Leafs almost have to make a move for a goalie steal. And I'm looking at another team. We're talking about three teams that need to make a deadline addition. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins almost as bad needing a forward to support that top six forward group that you mentioned it on yesterday's episode is being carried by Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, even Brian Rust. Chris Letang is having a great offensive season. But after that, where are they getting their scoring from? And we've talked about that window for winning closing. They need some supporting firepower up front, Steele. Yeah, I think we. I think everyone has faith in Tristan Jari to get the job done. You know, if things were to get dicey, you know, knock on wood. But if he were to happen to get injured, Casey DeSmith backs him up. Hmm. It, you know, not the best backup goalie to go into a playoff run. But again, Tristan Jari has been absolutely fantastic second best goal in the league this year behind Chesterkin. There's nothing they need to, to adjust on the blue line. So you're right. The thing that they really need to focus on and what we've seen them do over the last couple of years is target a forward at the trade deadline. Mm. And you're right. The top besides the top three guys and Evgeny Malkin, they're not getting scoring. They're not getting scoring from anybody up and down the lineup, the second, third and fourth line. Yep. And just over the last couple of weeks, Rodriguez, four points in his last 12 games. He's had a he's had a pretty solid year too, but majority of that was because he was on the top line with Sidney Crosby. And we've said this before, mm -hmm. if someone's playing with Sidney Crosby, he's going to elevate their game and they're going to, you know, do a lot better than what they're supposed to do. So Rodriguez, four points in 12 games. 
Kasperi Kapanen, two points in his last 12 games. No. Danton Heinen, four points in his last 12 games. They're not getting any help up front besides from those top three guys we mentioned. Looking at some of the guys on the trade board right now, I'm looking at Ricard Raquel, Brandon Hagel, Max Domi, Phil Kessel making a return to Pittsburgh potentially. Ooh. That Those are the four guys that really stuck out to me that can help offensively. And yeah, besides Brandon Hagel, the other three guys you know, have struggled offensively this season with their respective teams. But Ricard Raquel, we've seen in the past, he he's a goal scorer. He's fantastic on the power play. Brandon Hagel's having a fantastic year with Chicago. And Phil Kessel, we've seen him... We've seen him win two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins a couple years back. And even Max Domi. I think Max Domi would fit in great there, bring a little bit more of an edge to this Pittsburgh Penguins team. And we've seen that he has a ton of skill. So if he gets an opportunity like that, he can showcase himself. So those are the four guys I think Pittsburgh really needs to look into and you know should target for the trade deadline. I actually also had Ricard Raquel on right at the top of my list. I have another player here that I'll talk about in a quick second and a guy, Brock Besser, that I could also see Yeah, a Brian Burke going after. That seems like a very Brian Burke-esque move, but so does Raquel. That The price would be lower. You mentioned that he's not having a great offensive season, but we know he has that goal-scoring caliber, and I think Raquel would be a piece that the Penguins are going to add. You know up the middle, Crosby, Malkin, and Jeff Carter. While Jeff Carter's great days are behind him, I've mentioned this about a few players, the hands are still money, and I think he's a very reliable third-line center option, especially for a playoff push. So I don't think they're going to make an ad up the middle. It's going to be a winger. Yeah. And I could see it being Ricard Raquel. And honestly, if the price is right, I could see it being Brock Besser. The only thing is, is the pens are right up against the cap. So it's going to take a little bit of magician GM work. But if any front office can do it, it's Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. And That's you know what? It, it can I could see it happening. You mentioned that they're going to probably target a couple of guys, but we'll see what happens down the stretch. And stick with us, guys. Big-time bets, DFS targets, they're coming up right after the break. 11-game juicy board. Right after the break, we're going to continue this conversation. But first... You know what time it is. It's March, and it's time for March Madness, baby. The time of year is here again. College basketball is back. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball or college hoops. BetOnline has you covered as your continued source for all your sport wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you tune in on Monday, March 21st at 3.30 Eastern Time for our live trade deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from myself and Flip, Flip Livingstone over there. With appearances from our roster of local team experts, you don't want to miss out on Monday's trade deadline show. There's going to be a lot of trades to talk about. We're going to analyze them and figure out what's the best move heading forward for your fantasy team. So make sure you tune in for that. Let's get back to the conversation about some of these teams that need to make a trade deadline move before March 21st. Let's go out west to the Western Conference. One of the best teams, maybe the best team in the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames are having a ridiculous season uh, so far. And for me, there's not much they really have to do. They've looked absolutely great. Yes, we've seen them in the playoffs 
really, you know, just not even show up, getting kicked, getting bounced out of the first round. I like the, the way the team looks right now, but if there's anything they really need to target, it's a defenseman. And for me, it's a left defenseman. I think they really need to hone mm. down and pick someone on that left side and play with play with Rasmus Anderson or Chris Tanev on that second and first first pairing. Yeah, I could honestly, I think at this point for the Calgary Flames, I could see it being a right shot defenseman as well, Steele. I like where you're thinking though. At the same time, when I look at this lineup, when I look at their four forward lines, really, I don't see much weakness there. You got Sean Monaghan. I know who's not had a great season and really struggled the past year and a half, two years. He's playing on the fourth line. Sean Monaghan is a top six, top nine forward on most teams. Yeah. So that right there is a little bit of a sign of how strong this forward group is. But if there's one thing they need to add, steel, and maybe we're nitpicking a bit because they're in first place in their division, <laughs> they've been the best team in the second half. So maybe we're nitpicking a bit. But I think with the addition of a player, and I know everyone's saying Ben Sherratt, return to Mark Giordano. That's not going to happen when Ben Sherratt makes three and a half million somehow. I don't know how. And Mark Giordano's at 6.75 million. So as much as people are talking about these cooler, bigger, fancier, more attractive names, perhaps. I'm looking at a guy that's really going to augment their lineup nicely, and he's not a left shot D, so don't sell me out on this one, is Justin Braun, who at 1.8 million, and this is where I'll sell him in a sex deal, 1.8 million, it's something that can get done. It doesn't jump off the page, but I'm talking about some realistic moves here. He's 35 years old, and his numbers at 15 points in 59 games don't jump off the page. But he's reliable. He's played for a really bad Philly team and still managed to produce positive underlying numbers. And at the end of the day, Steele, what does that Calgary defensive roster truly lack? It's a lot of playoff experience. It's a lot of games outside of the first round. Guess what? Justin Braun, 100 games of postseason hockey on his resume can't be ignored. Yeah, I went with a different direction here. I'm not really loving your take on the right defense, but I really think they do need help on that left side. You know, Rasmus Anderson has played a little bit better than we expected, as well as Chris Tanev has done a lot defensively uh, on that second pairing. I think they really need to target someone on as a left defenseman. The names that jumped out for me were Jakob Trichin, the first on the trade board, uh, Hampus Lindholm, who you talked about on the Anaheim Ducks as well, as well, and then... Mark Giordano, who you just mentioned, you don't think they, they could go after him. I think they really, really could. I, you know, th yeah, the salary cap, his contract, I understand that there's going to be a lot to, you know, digest and, and get into from, you know, a business side of things about how they can get a deal done. But I think they really do need to take to, to look at a, adding another defenseman on the left side. And I don't think it needs to be someone who is a defensive defenseman. Like, a, you know, like he's not, I think it needs to be someone who's able to jump up in the plays and help offensively. Because we've seen time and time again in the first round, the Calgary Flames get bounced because they're not doing anything offensively. And they let a lot of, and they, the last couple of years, they've let a lot of ridiculous muffin goals in. Uh, but Jakob Markstrom has been absolutely fantastic. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be the case this year with him. I really believe they need to target someone on the left side and someone who can really jump into the plays for an odd man rush, help offensively when they can, but it's still a steady defenseman. Yeah, it's hard to get both. And at the end of the day, they made their offensive acquisition with Tyler Toffoli. That yeah. offense is bolstered. 
I don't think Tre Living is worried about anyone jumping up in the rush right now when you're scoring at will with how hot their forward group has been. He has the luxury of not worrying about that. They're going to shore up the defensive side of things. I really don't think the offense is going to be considered in that move. They already made that move. Also, we know the other guy that they're looking at heavily is Ben Sherratt. So we know they're interested in the opposite. They're interested in someone who's going to lay that body, be a physical presence, and play playoff-type hockey. But we'll see. At the end of the day, Brad Living is known to make these deadline moves for, for defensemen. Michael Stone, Eric Gustafson, Derek Forbert, Oscar Fantenberg over the last number of seasons, those are all lead up to the deadline moves. So I think either way you slice it here, Steele, I think the Calgary Flames will make an addition. They're just too good not to. I think yeah. they're really going to go for it. And at the end of the day, how could they not be in the mix right now as one of the team, like you said, one of the best in the Western Conference. So we'll see what they have what they have in the tank. But um, I don't know. Are you ready for big-time bets, 11-game uh, betting, or do you want to talk about that left shot uh, defenseman a bit more? Well, we'll get into DFS selections. We're going <laughs> to keep our eye out. You know, things are revving up over the next week. Uh, trades are going to be made. Players are going to be dealt. We'll keep an eye out for that, you know, come out with our reactions and let you know what might happen for your own fantasy team. If one of your players might get traded to a different team, mm -hmm. let's jump over to DFS selections real quick. You mentioned it 11 games on the schedule for Tuesday night. A lot of games stuck out to me. Uh, obviously with that Austin Matthews suspension coming mm -hmm. out recently, yeah. I stayed away from that Toronto Maple Leafs game, especially with how the goalie's been playing. The first game I'm targeting is the Vancouver Canucks versus the New Jersey Devils. Nice. The Devils beat the Canucks. Jack Hughes got the best of his brother, Quinn Hughes, in that on February 28th. And that 7-2 win absolutely slaughterhoused them. You know, you could go with a lot of players from this game. I'm going to target mostly from the Vancouver side because they're at home. And I really mm. like the way they've played recently. JT Miller and Tanner, Pe oh, Tanner man, Pearson yeah. on that top line. I'm also going to throw Quinn Hughes in there on the blue line because all three of those guys are on the top power play unit. I'm also going to go with Jack Hughes as well. If I can afford all the, all four of those guys, I'm going to take them. This is the, Both these teams have been scoring a lot frequently and have been in a lot of high-scoring games. Like I just mentioned, the Devils beat them 7-2 on February 28th in their last matchup. Yeah. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm considering taking the over in this game as well. We'll see what happens when we get to big-time bets, but that yeah. is my first first couple of DFS selections. Well, we know how like how good has JT Miller and those those guys in the top even Unreal. even even Bo Horvat starting to come around a little bit. Yeah, that's why I think um, you know you mentioned how good Miller has been in a couple previous episodes. I don't even know if they trade him; he's being that good. Or do you sell high? I don't know. I could sell see high. Them. I think they would get a lot in return for him. I think a they lot. would get a lot in return too, especially if they're also potentially going to move a guy like Besser. We talked about Besser. Maybe they're just yeah. looking to start a little bit fresh. We know that those key pieces, you know, Pedersen's not going anywhere. Miller, maybe, who knows? But there's, you know what I mean? They have options now with how good they've been playing. So I think, you know, we've talked about teams that are going to be active. I think with how good the Vancouver Canucks have been, you know GMs around the league have their eyes on these players. So DFS-wise, Steel, I think you got to go back to the well and hammer the hot hand there. So I agree 100%. What else you yeah. got? Yeah, Vancouver has a lot of players on on the on the trade block actually, like JT mm -hmm. Miller, Connor Garland, Brock Besser. I believe Tyler Myers is on there as well. Vancouver is really looking to add a defenseman, you know, to join Quinn Hughes or Oliver Ekman Larson. So we'll see what happens with them. But yeah, target the Vancouver Canucks for this matchup against the the New Jersey Devils. I'm also looking towards that Colorado Avalanche LA Kings game. Nathan McKinnon, Val Valeri Nichushkin, 
and Nazem Kadri, all three of those guys are on that top power play unit. McKinnon and Nichushkin are playing on the top line. Kadri's playing on the second, uh, centering the second line. He's having a fantastic career. Obviously, you're not going to be able to afford those three guys, plus the other four that I mentioned from that Canucks-Devils game. But those are the guys I'm looking to target. And then for my goalie selection, I'm, I'm targeting Sergei Bobrovsky because the Florida mm. Panthers are on the road against the San Jose Sharks. And again, we've talked about them recently. They're struggling with a lot of injuries right now. Struggling with injuries. And it's funny, though, that you mentioned, uh, just to switch gears back to a game that you just mentioned, Colorado at L.A., I honestly, I could see this being a very low scoring game. I like this spot for actually both goalies. Potentially. I think you would, I would keep my eyes on both. I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm not going to give away my picks angle here, but <laughs> this is just one of those games. And, you know, I've hit a couple of unders in the past week. It just feels like it might be a low scoring game. The LA Kings are a very stingy defensive team with a very underrated goaltending duo. So whoever's in there, if it's Cal Peterson or John quick, I think it might be worth a look, but I will get more into that in a moment. Good, sir. Yeah, we'll get to your first picks very, very shortly. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for local chain auto parts stores to have what you need in stock. Oftentimes, there's very intimidating questions. I know I get confused and they just don't make a lot of sense to me. You have devices at home and in your pocket with access to rockauto.com. You'll be able to save time. You'll be able to save money when using Rock Auto. And why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more from a local chain store or a car dealership when you can buy for cheaper with reliable prices from rockauto.com? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's $215 from Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you there. Amazing selections, reliable low prices, all parts for your car that, that, that your car will ever need from rockauto.com. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every day. Don't forget we are free and available on all podcast platforms, which also includes YouTube. So make sure you're hammering the subscribe, hammer the follow button, flip, flip and I appreciate all the support and all the love out there. So thank you so much for riding with us for the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. Flip, you're talking about that Avalanche Kings game. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get it. What did, What do you got there? What do you got I'm going there? right into it, Steele. You know, you like I like me some trends and some recent <laughs> matchups. So I'm going to keep this simple. This episode's running a little long, and that's okay because we're feeding the people what they want, trade deadline coverage. Speaking of which, make sure you tune in for the trade deadline special, <laughs> March 21st. Live reaction show, 3.30 Eastern time. Me and Steel Roden, do not miss out. Now, Colorado at LA. Take this in. Colorado and LA, the last six times Colorado has gone to LA, under the number. Also, take this in. I have this angle when I look at, so the Colorado Avalanche deal, been the toast of the Western Conference for most of the season, if not the entire season. We can agree yeah. with that. What I'm starting to see is, and it happens in sports all the time, even the lower teams in the Western Conference, they see Colorado roll in. Colorado is getting the best out of almost every single team that they play within their own division, especially within their own conference. And they're still winning games. But what's happening is these games are going under the number. 
The total has gone under the number in eight of Colorado's last nine games against Western Conference teams, and I expect that to continue tonight for a good odd at plus 110. Give me the number under six. This feels like an under. I told you I like the LA Kings goalie. The book is out a bit on Kemper, but he has been solid over the last month. Under six, you could even tease it up for a worse odd and cash that in. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Plus 105, give me the under. It could, it could very well be a low-scoring game, but this guy who I'm about to talk about is not going to be left out, left mm. off the score sheet. Nathan McKinnon, anytime goal. That's mm. that's my first pick of the night. He's got five goals in his last five games. He would have probably 30 goals at this point if he wasn't, you know, if he hasn't been dealt a lot of, you know, unlucky cards, a couple of injuries, COVID-19 mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. he would be up to 30 goals on the season, but unfortunately the injury bug got him a little bit at the start. Five goals in his last five games. First pick of the night, Nathan McKinnon, anytime goal from that LA Kings avalanche game. I could definitely see it. And I'm pretty sure the last meeting between these two earlier this season, I believe he had at least one, if not two. Guess what? That number still stayed under the total. Colorado <laughs> won five, nothing. I see this being that kind of game, but hey, I don't hate the Mc- McKinnon is nasty. Okay. McKinnon is one of those guys that I would pay the price of admission to watch this guy play hockey. Yeah beautiful skater plays both ways can shoot he does everything at an elite level i don't think you can ever go wrong betting on a guy like mckinnon so i like this spot speaking of spots that i really like and i'll feed you my lock of the night after i throw it back to you Steele. it's the new york rangers at home against anaheim ducks i'm keeping this one super simple i usually don't hammer a lot of money lines minus 200 or more But this spot, the Ducks are riding a four-game losing streak and are at the tail end, pun intended, of a (laughs) five-game East Coast road trip. They do not do well on the East Coast. It's hard for these West Coast teams to come cross-country. Two of those losses on this four-game streak steal, how about to the Devils and the Blackhawks? And the Blackhawks hung that nasty eight spot on them. The Ducks are not playing well right now. We know that they're still in it because that specific division is pretty weak. But I do not like this spot. Coming into Madison Square Garden, their last game of the road trip, about to head home, and they're just begging for mercy at this point after getting absolutely smacked around on this entire trip. Give me the Rangers on the money line at home for an easy home win. Let's ride Shesterkin in our blue shirt steal. This is the semi-Rangers podcast as well. So let's get it. Minus a 210 on the money line for the Rangers for my second pick of the night, not my lock of the night. <laughs> That's funny because that was actually my second pick of the I night as well. The Ra- the Rangers at yeah. home against this Ducks team is, yeah. it, it, for me, it's easy money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the odds aren't great, but again, Shesterkin oh. being the best goalie, the Ducks being at the tail end. You said it all, so I won't get too deep into it. Thank that you. is my second pick of the night as well. My last pick and lock of the night Let's get is going to be Panthers money line against mm-hmm. the San Jose Sharks. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I said it a couple of days ago uh, or over the weekend, I chose the Kings on the money line against the Sharks, and the Kings got absolutely destroyed by by the Sharks uh, Mm. on the weekend. It's not going to be the same case against one of the best teams in the league as well as one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I get the Florida that Florida is on the road, but I like this. I like this, you know, matchup between the Panthers and Sharks. I'm going to go with the Panthers on the money line for my lock of the night. Yeah, that's going to be one of those ones that's a super low odd. I would also recommend if you're feeling it as much as we are. Why not sprinkle a little on the puck line as well? But 
you can't deny that that's a night. I hope it's not one of those one steal that looks too good to be true. I know. I've been I know. burned <laughs> way too many times when that, like literally I'm texting people, hey, put the pink slip, invest your, invest the bonds on this one. And it's like, hey, flip, they lost by six. Hopefully <laughs> that doesn't happen anyway. Lock of the night. I'm chickening out. I'm going with another heavy favorite here in terms of an odd. Minus 200 for the Dallas Stars on the puck line, plus one and a half. I don't have the cojones to bet on the Dallas Stars on the road who are not a good road team. I'll, I will sprinkle a little bit on them, but here on this show for my lock of the night, look, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in trouble right now. They have probably been the most inconsistent team since the All-Star break, just back and forth and back and forth. One night playing well, the other night, two, three nights in a row not playing well. Matthew's going out for two games. I know it's only two games steal. But factor that in Jack Campbell's injury and Mrazic's weakness. This week is going to be, I said it before and I'll say it again, it's going to be a big one for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just don't think they have it right now, man. I don't know what you think about this, but this either way is going to be a one-goal game. I could see Dallas winning, but it's going to be close. Dallas on the puck line plus one and a half at minus 200. To me, again, along with that Rangers money line, parlay those bad boys together. And thank me later, Steele. That's my lock of the night. Stars keep it close, baby. Yeah, that's why I stayed away from this game just because of everything you just mentioned. And plus, you know, Austin Matthews is going to be out for that game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday as well, which is another big matchup, big, a big game yep. for Toronto. So I stayed, I'm, I'm going to be staying away from the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little bit. They've let me down the last three or four times I've picked yeah. them. So I got to stay away from them. My lock of the night is Panthers on the money line versus the San Jose Sharks. Flip's lock of the night is the Stars puck line plus one and a half against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Lock sure. it in, pencil it in, put your money down, make the money. That's what Flip and I are here to do. Try to win you the extra couple of bucks to take home. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every day. If you want more gambling advice on what you should pick, but for not just hockey, make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with insight, from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all podcast platforms, just like this podcast right here. So make sure you subscribe, follow the podcast, and you'll get the latest episodes of Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as soon as they're available each and every day, Monday to Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Thank you so much for all the support out there. And thank you for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.